Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of India Colonized, a podcast where we unravel colonial roots through stories and legends. Our podcast explores untraversed fields of past that constantly shape our world. I am your host Umar Haq and today we will be continuing to talk about the railways during the raj and how it affected the local populace, trade and agriculture. The construction of the railway not only helped the colonizer to expand the territory and have effective control over India but also helped them to ideologically justify their rule. For the English legislator, railway physically embodied the mission of civilizing the barbarian Indians. An ideology that allowed the British to justify their right to govern, arbitrate disputes and insist upon deference. In fact, Dalhousie exalted that the construction of the railway would lead to quote, similar progress in the social improvement that has marked various kingdoms of the Western world. Stop quote. Peers of the Westminster argued that the railways were the embodiment of the fulfillment the duty of propagating civilization in the most peaceful and harmless way the public opinion in england too perceived the railway expansion as a civilizing mission in 1855 newspapers and magazines ran articles on social change the railway was causing in india the economist printed an article hailing the railway as the pathway of english science religion arts and opinion for people that were miserably poor and wretched and like young children without a distinct idea what they wanted all contemporary commentators agreed that the railroad development in south asia was elevating the indian masses from ignorance and poverty Captain Davidson an engineer from the government of Bengal said that the steam engine was overturning prejudices uprooting habits and changing customs the rails had now allowed a high caste hindu brahmin to travel in a third class carriage with a backward class untouchable beside him everyone without any exception including karl marx believed that the railway would inevitably lead to socio-economic improvement in the subcontinent he predicted that modern industry resulting from the railway system will dissolve hereditary division of labor upon which rests the indian caste system those decisive impediments of indian progress and indian power The Indian rail network larger than any in Northern America and Europe included now encourage the interaction of tens of millions of people every month alone for people of vast differences and backgrounds it was helping them find educational and employment opportunity that was never accessible to them before being able to compress space and time the english were able to facilitate the formation of a modern colonial state establishing links between far flung areas which none before existed allowing them to establish authority over the subcontinent entirely 
They were intended to be a network of iron that would allow the government to manage diverse territories, land, and people, unifying all of Britain's South Asian holdings into one centralized government. Marx envisaged the railway as allowing the British to unify a subcontinent that was supposedly socially and politically broken up into disconnected atoms of isolated, self-sufficient villages. However, for the Indians, the complexity, scale and the power of the railway symbolically and physically manifested Britain's imperial presence. The railroad had literally entrenched the colonial authority into the landscape itself. The active rail initially both terrified and awed the Indians. The chief resident engineer in Karachi, John Burton, noted the reactions of the residents who were astounded having seen the locomotive not able to understand what hidden power enabled to drag such enormous loads. Supposing that they were moved by some diabolic agency, they called the locomotives Shaitan or Satan. By inspiring British superiority amongst Indian populace, railway development effectively served to spread and consolidate British supremacy over the entire subcontinent, including the so-called independent native states. Thus, seeing that the railway was furthering the imperial ideology and utilizing it to create colonial India, the British encouraged rapid large-scale railway development. The profit-making opportunity for the British through the railways was too lucrative to be disregarded. Railroads provided a means of conveyance for shipping and moving goods around the world, for both production and sales. It was also a money-making enterprise for Western finances. The Indian government assured a guarantee as compensation in case the annual surplus of the railway was insufficient. It was impossible to raise revenue to construct the railways without providing a state guarantee. Although the colonial state leadership possessed the decision-making power, the Indian railway was heavily shaped by commercial interest groups. For example, until 1870, the cotton manufacturers and other business groups encouraged railway development that would work for their advantage. The Manchester Commercial Association, the Oriental Bank, persuaded the board of directors to sanction a line spanning from Bombay to Ahmedabad. The developers preferred real routes that would generate the highest commercial traffic. When Stephenson campaigned for the introduction of railways in India, the board of directors doubted whether the railway would attract any traffic at all. However, within the first year of railway activity, 450,000 people travelled by rail, and this number grew substantially and consistently every single year. The Bombay line was crowded for the first three days, 
by Calcutta Babu's Notes Dalhousie. By 1853, the first carriages were carrying more than a million passengers per year and made a substantial contribution to the annual railway revenue. Everything, absolutely everything about the rail benefited the British interest and its implication on the Indian populace. However, it is still debated how much of a benefit the Indian population had because of the railway and how deprived they were of this wealth in our future episodes we hope to explore the intention as well as the implication of such transfer of technologies from the colonizer to the colonized space thank you for tuning in to today's episode we really hope you liked it if so Please listen to our other episodes that cover a wide range of India's colonial past. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your family and friends. We are available on all podcast listening platforms and social media sites. Don't forget to follow us. Your support really helps us create more amazing content for you. Do visit our website www.indiacolonized.com. That's a colonized with an S. To check out more of our work. We've compiled a list of books and sources too that might intrigue you to explore more on India's modern history. So don't forget to dive in and have a look. Until next time, stay safe, stay curious.